Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show returning guest and uh, favorite guest of the show, Riz Danji. Riz is the VP of Sales and Marketing at Candorel, amongst other things. Riz, welcome back to the show. Andrew, thanks so much for having me on. Great, uh, great to have you again. Um, how you been? What uh, I know you you got a lot of things on the go. Uh, what's new with you? What's happening uh, in uh, in Riz Danji's world and in Candorel's world these days? Yeah, I think uh, I think generally there's uh, there's a lot of new announcements that will be coming out shortly with uh, myself and uh, some other things that are happening with us. Um, and there's a new site that uh, Candorel acquired on Lakeshore and Bathurst, which is very exciting. Um, so between that and some other things that we're, we're working on, uh, I think uh, in the next few months some big announcements will come out that uh, we'd love to share with your audience. Awesome, great. Looking forward to it. Always. Uh... Whenever I get a call or an email from you, I know it's going to be something exciting and big. <laughs> you don't seem to work. You know, you never. Exciting and big, yeah. Yeah, you never work on like small little things. It's always something big, which is uh, which is great. Um. Uh, of course, want to talk. Everybody is uh, is is wanted to talk about the the news out of the past week, the fair housing plan, and I love chatting with you and getting your opinions on things. I think we agree on a lot of stuff. Um, you always have a great take on things. So what is fair in your mind or not fair about this so-called new fair housing plan that uh, the Liberals have put out last week? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I wrote an article which, you know, you, you and I discussed um, about it the, the minute that it came out, basically the day after. Um, and what I, what, I, what I think the policy is is more of a political policy than a, a policy to slow down the housing market. Um, and I don't think it's going to have a major impact on on our market, primarily because they haven't the they haven't really addressed the supply issue that we're having uh, in the GTA. And uh, the liberals seem to think that uh, that developers are, are hoarding land, um, so they've got a tax policy on landowners who have um, zone land and and ready to go, but they continue to hold on it, which is uh, flatly untrue. Um, and then they they seem to think that they're going to try and slow down demand, um, but they just don't understand that the amount of people that are coming into the GTA on a yearly basis has grown exponentially from a number of years ago uh, on the basis that maybe the number of volume haven't grown up, haven't grown, uh, but the number of skilled workers that are coming into Toronto is uh, is huge and. This interesting thing that happened is my friend is the uh, executive vice president of uh, Mars uh, Discovery Center, and he runs about a thousand startups. And he's in California and, and Silicon Valley, you know, quite a bit. And what's happening is these Trump policies are 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 mitigating the amount of immigrants coming into the U.S. and really scaring immigrants. And so Canada has made a great policy where we're welcoming. Uh, foreign workers to be able to come and help out uh, where we don't have that talent. And they are coming to Toronto and the GTA in droves, um, which is something that's not really heavily reported on. And applications to the University of Toronto have gone up almost double by foreign uh, foreign students wanting to come here. So, you know, that in itself is driving a huge number of people that are coming uh, back to the GTA. 
There's also in-migration that's happening from areas like Calgary and Toronto and Vancouver, I mean, Calgary and Edmonton and, and Vancouver, um, where, you know, people may have been from Toronto but originally came out, uh, went out west and are looking to come back to, to Toronto. And then you have the general immigration from all over areas around the world, whether it's China or the Middle East uh, or Europe that are coming here as well. So um, it's just increased even more. I think our exposure for this city has gotten even more exposure over the number of years. Um, and, uh, you know, the policies that we put together to, to welcome these, these immigrants has been great, and, and people are looking to Canada. So you've got this huge influx of people that are coming from around the world, and where are you going to house them? There's just... Um, there's just not enough supply to be able to deal with that. So that's why we've seen this run up in, in housing prices. So the fear of housing policy was supposed to target supply in some meaningful way, and I don't think they've done that. And I think that in itself is not going to have an impact on our market. Um, if not, it's going to make it worse. Um, Riz, you travel a lot, I know, especially in Asia. Like, what, what is, what are, what is the feeling you get from people around the world and other markets with their view of Toronto, and sort of what is your personal perspective of Toronto uh, as you've traveled the world and as you've seen, you know, what else is out there, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you you, you got to look at is, you know, I go to China quite a bit. Um, I speak Mandarin. Um, I know the culture. I know the language uh, quite a bit. Uh, and if you go to Beijing today, the pollution level is on a on a level that you know we could never imagine in in Canada. Um, you know, there's smog smog alerts on a daily basis. People have to wear masks on a daily basis. And, you know, when you talk to people in China and they're saying, listen, you know, I don't want my kids to grow up in this environment um, where we haven't really addressed what's going to be the future for our children. Uh, and we see Canada as a safe place to be able to do, uh, you know, being able to take our kids, have them a great education and live a great life. And so you've got a big proportion of people that are in uh, Asian countries uh, that are looking to have their kids come or and their families in general come over to, to Canada. Um, Europe is the same thing. There's many structural issues that are happening in Europe um, that people are looking at. You know what? Canada is a, a great place to be able to bring up my family as well. And the same thing happened in the Middle East and, and all these other uh, countries. So, and, and when you go to cities like Singapore and you go to, I mean, uh, you know, Hong Kong, it's great. I mean, they're beautiful cities and everything. It's it's overcrowding, but Toronto offers such a great mix of both. Um, population growth and uh, diversity that I have not seen in any other city in the world, and I include New York in that uh, in that aspect. So, from that perspective, somebody from anywhere in the world can come to Toronto and really mix in with their own culture, like no other city you can see around the world. Um, and that is a huge feature for people who are trying to immigrate uh, to various cities that they're looking for around the world. Um, so, and, and I think it's just gotten even better over the past 10 years. Uh, you know, this weekend I decided that we were going to stay, you know, in Yorkville uh, for two days and just walk around and, you know, go down to Queen Street. And, you know, what an amazing change the city has occurred since for 10 years where neighborhoods we never thought would increase uh, and have great retail and great restaurants uh, are now happening. And it's, it's bustling and it's, it's very exciting to be in the city. Absolutely. So 
foreign buyer tax, um, like you mentioned, you speak Mandarin, you've got a connection there. I believe you lived in, uh, you lived in, was it Hong Kong you lived in or you lived in mainland China? Yeah, I lived in Hong Kong for, for four or five years, but I also studied Mandarin at the Beijing Language Institute in, in Beijing. Okay. So obviously well-qualified and you've sold thousands and thousands and thousands of condos. So well-qualified, I think, to answer this question, to look at the foreign buyer tax, the 15% foreign buyer tax, which is now here, same as uh, very similar to what was in Vancouver. Your predictions for the impact of this tax on our market in the GTA? I don't think that's going to have a major impact on on the market. Um, I think when you saw Vancouver uh, go down in value, the real value reduction at that time was perception problem from locals thinking that their houses won't be able to sell to someone who is foreign. The foreign buyer maybe slowed down a little bit at that time, but it's if you look at Vancouver today, you know, six to eight months after the tax, it's 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 on a rampage right now. The condo market is is going crazy, so. I, I don't think that that, first of all, I don't think we had a problem as big as Vancouver did, uh, number one. I think it's less than 5% uh, of buyers that are here that are foreign buyers. Uh, most of the buyers are local um, or that their family or their children are going to school here or they've been here for a few years. So I don't think that that is going to have a major impact on our market at all. And I, and I don't think um, uh I don't think it was a well thought out policy, in my opinion, uh, to, to, to initiate that. Do you think that? Do you think they should have done something different with the foreign buyer tax, or do you think it's just sort of meaningless and, and there's just no point in doing it at all? I think it's going to end up being meaningless in the sense that by the time the government actually sets up a task force to to monitor this um, and incur the cost of trying to collect this this tax, which logistically is going to be very hard to do. Uh, I think it's going to be actually a negative for them in the long run, and negative for us as taxpayers uh, in general. So I, I don't think they, I don't, I don't even think it was a worthwhile attempt to it. I think, uh, I think the problem is that they did not address the the supply issue, um, which is number one thing. And, and just to give you an example on the supply issue, you know, five to six years ago, uh, a typical condominium building, let's say 30 to 40 stories, would take anywhere between 12 to 18 months to get approval process. Um, today, that same building is now taking close to 36 months, if not longer. So you look at that, you've doubled the time of, uh, of getting an approval for a project, which means that that has just led to less units that are on the market, less units available to, for, for rental and for resale. Uh, and so it's pushing prices up uh, in the city. And so um, some policies that happened in King West where they did a blanket uh, coverage in King West and said a majority of these buildings are going to be heritage. Well, great. Now the developer has to deal with the heritage community. Even though it technically isn't the uh, heritage designation, you still have to go through that process. That's just another uh, example of a, of a policy that we have to – that the developer has to go through. So it's just adding time and time and time um, for us to get to units on market, and it's – it's a very frustrating thing. It's all the way through the industry where, you know, developers want to get units on the market and they just can't. And it's just not uh, feasible with the policies that are in place and the fact that the the planning department doesn't have enough staff. And it's just that's what they need to address. Those are the issues to me. If you can get those units 
back from, you know, 36 back to 18. You will see a lot more product. You will see more stability in the marketplace. And that's where we're going to see a, a moderate rise in pricing. If that is not addressed, we're going to continue to see these price increases for, for a while now. What are your thoughts on rent control? Rent control is the other big one. Foreign buyer tax and rent control seem to be the two big headlines from this uh, fair housing plan. Um, how do you think rent control is, uh, is going to affect the market in the short term and then the, in the long term? That to me is the largest, uh, is, is probably the biggest stinger, if, if I were to say anything. Um, rent control has not worked in major cities um, around the world. It's a failed policy. It was a failed policy in Ontario uh, back, uh, back when the NDP was in power. So you mean you're saying there's a reason why we got rid of it in the first place? <laughs> There's absolutely a reason. And, yeah, yeah. And, and if you look at that, I mean, this was probably 20 years ago when we got rid of it. Only now we're starting seeing, you know, a true increase in purpose-built rentals. Yeah. It's taken 20 years to be able to get now um, institutional investors to look at, you know, putting money into the rental apartment side. And after 20 years of doing that, they decide to put it back on. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life um, because, you know, 65 to 70 percent of the rental uh, market is governed by individual uh, real estate investors and condominiums, and they've been supplying it for the past 20-odd years. And so now you put this archaic, uh, you know, policy in place where – who knows what happens with rents, uh, with uh, condo fees after you've closed on a unit? Who knows what happens with property taxes? That's not under our control. Who knows what happens with interest rates? If they go up more than the cost of inflation, uh, which they're guaranteed to do that, um, then you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be in a negative uh, uh, income situation. So um, what does that do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, an effect, you know, long-term or, or, or short-term. Um, but the good thing that I, I know is that I think Toronto is a more transient rental market um, versus certain right. people who decide to stay in their units for a longer period of time. Um, rents, rent increases haven't really gone more than the rent of, uh, cost of inflation. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, I know, you know, thousands of people who've rented in our buildings that, you know, rental increases haven't been have been minimal, if, if not at all, just to make sure that they have a great renter in there. Sure. So I think that 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 what's going to happen is if the person decides to move out after the first year or the second year, you know, you basically can raise your rent up to market rent after that time. So in, in that respect, I don't think it's going to be a, a, a major issue on there, but it's going to be taking some time to get used to it. Um, and there could be a little bit of a slowdown in the market, but in general, I think the supply side is going to dictate it. The fact that we don't have it, you're still going to have a lot of people that want to buy and live in, in, in the city. So, um, you know, I always, I always say that, you know, the media comes out and talks a little bit of a bigger game than it is. Uh, and this has been going on for years. Um, but people know that they want to be able to, to live in the city. They're going to buy, you know, regardless of any rules that are in place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Riz, our time is uh, is starting to run a little bit short here, so would love to hear any 
anything you can tell us, anything you can share so far about the new site that you've got coming up with Kandoral, uh, Bathurst and Lakeshore? What, uh, what, other than the fact that you've got it, it's coming, anything else you can share with, uh, with our listeners here? Yeah, I mean, 545 Lakeshore is uh, a site that I know Candrell had been looking for, uh, looking at for a while. Um, there was a lot of interest from a lot of parties. Um, the site is uh, approximately 1.8 acres, 1.8 acres. It is the last prime site on the uh, west side of the city. You know that there's a lot of development that's happening on the east side of the city, on the waterfront area, but um, it hasn't been as developed on a transit basis than the west side, which has already been uh, uh, quite built out. And so um, we feel that this is going to be the gateway to uh, the waterfront as you come off Lakeshore Avenue. Um, And it's literally across the street from Porter Airlines. Uh, You walk right across the street from the site and you're right onto the the TTC, which is going to have some sort of high-speed link right to Union Station. So you'll be in Union Station in 10 minutes. Um, and then across from that is um, is, is the waterfront trail uh, along the harbor front. Uh, so it's got so many amazing aspects to it. The new Loblaws is coming in across your, the street. Exactly. Flagship Loblaws. Yeah, flagship Loblaws is going to be 50,000 square feet. There's going to be restaurants in there. And uh, I think Candrell's planning, um, uh, you know, a very mixed-use uh, development with residential and commercial and, and some retail uh, that's going to be a uh, landmark on the waterfront, let's put it that way. Um, it's going to be a, a very unique offering. It's something that is going to be, a, to me, a, like a, a, a last opportunity to be able to get in on a prime waterfront site uh, with you know all the attributes uh, that you have on the west side of the city, which uh, is very rare. Um, and so uh, we're excited about it. I think uh, the project is going to come out, you know, sometime uh, next year, and uh, we'll have more details as we get closer. In terms of scale and scope, is it like just to give us a sense of the size of the site? One point acre, eight acres. Is it is it single tower, multi tower, high rise, low rise, mid rise? It's too early to say. Talk with you right now because we're we're still discussing with with the planning community. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I can see is it's going to be a mixed-use site, and it's going to be very exciting. Great, great. Well, thanks. Uh, looking forward to that, Riz. Um, anything else you wanted to uh, to add to the discussion today or anything else you wanted to uh, talk about? No, I think uh, there's going to be some announcements that I'm going to be making uh, uh, very shortly that I'll let you know about, uh, and um, it's going to be a very exciting year for uh for uh, 2017 and uh, and uh, look forward to it and uh, look forward to working with you and, and your clients on some of the exciting projects that we've got uh, lined up. Excellent. Great. Thanks a lot, Riz. Appreciate it. And then we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.